this is Robert Kelly, and I am on All Ute Radio. Why? Because, I don't know, I had nothing else to do. I'm lonely. I'm at a renaissance. Uh, I'm trying not to eat sugars and grains, and and these three weirdo punk band looking. <laughs> they really do. These three guys look like they almost made it. <laughs> and now they're trying to, like, rejuvenate. They look like they had a band that was successful, but then it, like... The lead singer just left them. And now they're like, hey, what about a podcast, guys? Anybody with a Zoom anything, if you're a girl, walk away. If you see a guy with them, if a guy ever says, I have a podcast, you need to just leave. Okay? Know that. So, yeah, this this is a, these guys are. Uh, I'm sorry. What was that? No, this, this is the best podcast I've ever done in, 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 at the Renaissance. Welcome back to Old Ute Radio. I'm Johnny McKeon. With me in studio, Sasha Bloom, Wayne Thompson Jr., and Mr. I Am Salt Lake himself, Chris Holyfield. Chris, how you doing? Good. Thank you so much for having me back. With you, you have your uh, lovely girlfriend and uh, co-host partner, Chrissy it, Shelley. Yeah, co-host of I Am Salt Lake. Uh, she teamed up uh, quite a few months ago, actually, and uh, finally her episodes that she's been co-hosting on are making it out into the uh podcast uh feed i guess it would be so what, what what's your latest episode uh the latest episode actually last the the episode available right now while we're recording this is uh the first ever episode that chrissy and myself just did with just each other where we kind of recapped our experience of uh, going to chicago uh to podcast movement big podcasting conference and we kind of wanted to just share with everybody our experience and kind of what we've been up to. And it was a little different for I Am Salt Lake because typically it's just been an interview podcast, but we kind of want to take it to another level of sharing our experiences, whether that's in Salt Lake City or out of Salt Lake City. And this was a good episode to do that with. Is the podcast movement, is is that like a convention, like a comic con for podcasters? Or Not really. It's it's Well, I've, I've actually never really spent a whole lot of time with Comic-Con. Chrissy might uh, be able to kind of chime in with the whole Comic-Con uh, comparison. But podcast movement, what it is, is it's virtually three days of conferences, of talks and classes from all different kinds of po- – I mean, you got the, the big-name podcasters uh, talking about – you know, how to make your show better, how to uh, network, how to be a better storyteller, how to just really anything with podcasting. And then podcasters from all over the world. I mean, there were people there from Australia, New Zealand, uh, Canada, Japan coming to just be with other podcasters, 1600 podcasters in Chicago, the most amazing experience I've ever been part of. And like by the end, we pretty much decided that it was like summer camp for podcasters. That's, <laughs> that's kind of what it's like. It, it really it is. is. Awesome. It really, I, I can't. Next year, they're doing it in, in uh, Anaheim. So anybody that has any interest in podcasting, plan on going. It's almost I mean, like a Salt Lake City road trip. It, it really it, it really needs to be. Uh, if I, I've learned so much from being from, from going. So what were some of the things that you learned? Uh, just just the importance of 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 networking and and getting relationships with your listeners, how important that is, how to be a better storyteller, how to 
be yourself on the microphone. I think so many people, they, they feel like, oh, I can't share certain experiences. I can't, you know, talk about certain things on the microphone. But your listeners want to hear that. They want to know what's going on in your life. You know, perfect example of uh, the recent episode that I was sharing that we did, Chrissy and myself did. We shared a lot on there. We got an email from a listener saying, you know, I've been listening to interviews with Chris for four years, but I didn't know a whole lot about him. And this is a great opportunity for, for her to get to know me. And that's so important to connect. That's what podcasts have way more than even radio has. We have an opportunity to connect with listeners. Because you have time. Exactly. Yeah. It, well, time, and, and it's, it's, it's just a different, a different beast. I, I think, I mean, that, to me, that's what podcasting is, is you want to find your, your community, your, your people that you can relate with on some, uh, on some sort of level. I, I don't know if that makes sense. I, one of the things I think that Johnny and I have struggled with in the last four years or as long as we've been doing it yeah. is how much fun are we supposed to have? And are we supposed to just invite funny people and have a funny time? Or are we supposed to have people like Cooper Van Heusen's parents and that kid that went to prison mm-hmm. at 16 and got out? Are we supposed to have the Utah AIDS Foundation? And what does our audience want to listen to? Because... I can bring in the best broadcasters in Utah and we'll get great numbers. But if I bring in a funny guy and we just laugh and goof off, we don't get numbers. So it is that there's that fine balance for OUR at least. Have you asked your audience? No. Well, let's ask them right now. (laughs) No, I'm serious. Have them, have them reach out, say, get in touch with Sasha or uh, Johnny. It's something that I know that both of us really struggle with is like, I'll go to the I am Salt Lake Twitter page and you're always like, what are you doing on Sunday? What are you doing on Friday? Don't drink and drive, do all this kind of stuff. We don't do that because at least for me, I don't have any free time. I'm working 60, 70 hours a week. And the last thing I want to do is get on Twitter and be like, Hey, how are you? Not because I don't care. That's certainly not it. It's just, that's not something I'm good at doing. So find some, find, find, something that you can do that isn't necessary. So you don't feel like you're consumed time consumed. Like maybe Twitter isn't your outlet. Maybe there's something else that is, you know, does that make sense? Like there's so many, even further than social media platforms, find out like, uh, I'm going to use social media as example though. Like there's some people that, you know, are great with Facebook. Then there's some people that are great with Snapchat. And then there's some people that are great with Twitter. doesn't mean you need to do all three. Find which one you're good at, which one, where your audience is, where you can connect with people the best. And that's where you go. And unfortunately, I think as a podcaster, you have to do at least one outlet. There has to be a way for people to find you. It's really important, I think. Yeah, I mean, even yeah. for the radio guys, you guys have yeah. to engage on Instagram and that kind of stuff. It's, yeah. it's very true because, I mean, Sasha, I've learned so much from him as far as he is a social media connoisseur. See, that's I guess not true. That's <laughs> <laughs> not true. Well, and I mean, I mean, at least your game is a lot better than mine on online. So, I mean, I've been struggle. I struggled with Twitter at first because I'm just like, there's so much extra stuff you have to do, and it's like another language in this and this. And I was so comfortable with you know with Instagram and Facebook. But is it really so. that hard though? I mean, it, it, it's as simple as 
a thought comes to your head and you type it. You put it on. You you just get your phone out and you you type it out. I mean, is it is that and, and really that difficult? It's also finding the right people. But if you're yourself and you post online and you engage with people, you're going to find them. Your tribe is going to find you. You know. One of the big mistakes I've done on my social media accounts is I have like the University of Utah Athletic Department following me and I have Real mm-hmm. Salt Lake following me and Utah Jazz and I have all these broadcast people. So if I use the word fuck on there, or I really <laughs> talk about my feelings, which are generally booing yeah. society, <laughs> I feel like I have put myself online to get fired. But, are, but do you really think they're sitting there reading your tweets? In media, it's tricky because they do take in consideration your social media presence. They they scoured my social media when they hired me. Really? I, yeah, I know oh, that. There's people at ABC and NBC in town that have specifically been f- hired because every tweet they do will bring in 2,000 likes. Yeah. Seriously. Wow. Yeah, that's how yeah. important it is. That's why it's kind of fatiguing for us to do it through another one because I already do it through, you know, mine, my personal ones, some of the other ones I run, and then, you know, I have, like, my Mix 105 one ones as well it's like there's all these channels that you have to go through and you have to give a little piece of yourself and every little one and it's just it's exhausting yeah, yeah. I, I could see how it is i've never really thought about it on that level i mean luckily my day job they don't mm. monitor what i say online <laughs> so i can <laughs> just say whatever i want yeah i feel like you definitely have a little more freedom yeah than we do but at the same time i don't want my freedom to come back and bite me yeah. And, and, and maybe if I said something, then uh, an opportunity or a job or something comes along and they're saying, well, you know, sorry, you said this too much, you know, and, and, and this is going to cause one of a the problem. problems we have here at iHeart Radio is yeah. we will hire somebody and then I'll be going through their Twitter account because I'm kind of on the digital team. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, dude, you need to go back and erase every F-bomb on your Twitter account because you're no longer... Susie Q, you're Susie Q of iHeartRadio, yeah. you know, and you're representing that brand, not you anymore. So. And do you think there's a way to like, because I know there's some personalities out there in television and in radio that will put like a, a little, uh, I don't know, not like an asterisk, but they'll a disclaimer. put Yeah, a disclaimer that says Johnny does. these I have do a not, disclaimer. Yeah. yeah. Do you think that does anything? Do you think it, it separates you from your day job and like, or? I don't, I think it's like a, um. How do I explain? It? It's a disclaimer, but at the end of the day, like if you say something controversial, they'll they'll probably fire you. Really? You know what I mean? Like I can't go in there saying you know kill Whitey. You know, I'm like, I expect to keep my job. You know what I mean? Like I couldn't oh tweet goodness. that. But what you do on your own free time should be your business. Though. You're absolutely right. But it's it not. shouldn't be. I mean, what you do when you're clocked in, that's. But are, are you, do you feel like you're always clocked in on your job? I am always clocked in it's on It's like job. they own your persona almost. Like they own a piece they, of it. They take, yeah, you pretty much give up a part of yourself by becoming a public figure. So, I mean. And it, they, they take social media very seriously because it's hard proof. They have numbers. You know, like they hold like social media accounts, all that stuff, like, like the number of followers. They measure all that, and they look at that as like solid proof. Like, okay, you know, ZHT has, you know, a million something followers, blah, blah, blah. Like, they compare that. And, like, so they hold, like, media companies hold social media, like, with a lot of weight. Yeah. For that I mean, exact here's a reason. Great example satellite radio. They have Howard Stern on there on Sirius XM. And then they have Opie and Anthony. Opie and Anthony, they've probably invested close to $100 million into that show. And Anthony Cumia one night goes out to downtown New York. 
takes a photo of a black prostitute, calls her a savage because he gets hit and he's fired. Wow. Yeah. And, and that it, is and not even. they destroyed their whole show. Because yeah. you can't replace it's him. not terrestrial radio and either. And the fans That's are going to want to not listen to the show because the guy they've been listening to for 20 years, three hours a day, five days a week, is gone because of something he said on social media. Yeah. And it's, there's so many broadcasters that have been fired for what they've said on Twitter, on photos they've posted on Instagram. It's, it's a whole new no, world, man. There is no freedom for an employee of a media outlet. As weird as it is to say, because we are the gatekeepers of freedom for society, you, you're not free to say what you want. Does it make you nervous to even share this much information, though? I mean, it feel I feel like you're kind of saying, like, uh, I got to watch what I'm saying, but I'm not watching what I'm saying now. Does that make sense? I, I think podcasting allows more context yeah. than tweeting, so it's a lot easier for us to explain where we're coming from. I got you. On a more personal level. I got level. you. I got you. Because it just seems, I mean, I love it. I love that you're being open and you're sharing, because I've never thought about it from this angle, from this much uh depth yeah and you know we're lucky that we've had a lot of mentors with this show so i can talk to big buddha or brian carlson or hooker or, yeah. or frankie and or off Alexi, the record yeah. it's like can i say fuck on here <laughs> yeah say fuck it's important it's yeah. everyday language and i'm so scared know? anytime yeah. i'm around yeah. this mic though it's ingrained it's so ingrained in you though dude honestly if there's a mic in front of me it's yeah it is terrifying to, to say and any, yeah. to cuss. Though. That's a real struggle that I have hosting this because my co-hosts are Johnny McKeon, Wayne Thompson Jr., and Brittany Johnson, who's a producer at ABC4. All of them are in front of cameras, in front of microphones. That's where my profession, I'm behind the camera, behind the, the XLR cables. So, yeah. I get it. And man. I like yeah. to be really inappropriate. Like, And it's like, yeah, I really have to watch. And so yeah. I what find I myself having to be a little bit more careful. Because I remember when I was on your show about a year and a half, two years ago at mm -hmm. this point, we had this same kind of conversation. Mm -hmm. And I went on there when I started YourWholeMedia.com, and I was like, no, I'm not going to cuss. Like, there's no way I'm going to cuss because we'll let Andy Gold and... The Marcuses do that, but I have to cuss because it's important for me. But I think that I do have an obligation to my friends and co-hosts to watch my mouth a little bit. Well, see, and I find that interesting, and I'm, I'm sure I shared this story with you, Sasha. When I first started I Am Salt Lake, I, I, I tried to make it a clean podcast because I felt like, well, this is, you know, everyone's going to be able to come here and listen. But then when I did find that I lighten you know loosen the ropes a little bit and said oh you know it's okay to you know swear i noticed more listeners coming i don't know if that if it was because of that or not but i do say it is because of that because people want to come for real life they want authenticity mm. yeah exactly yeah. they want that mm. they want people crave that and that's why it's so important to be yourself with it goes back to what i was saying uh with with podcast movement what yeah. I learned out there. It's kind of like you're building a relationship with your listeners too. And the more you are yourself, the more they feel like they're connecting with you. So that it's, it's like a really difficult line between being just professional and being yourself enough for people to feel like they know you. Yeah. I did a, I did an interview with, uh, on, on, uh, Paul Dwayne's podcast, uh, a while back, maybe, well, I don't know, year and a half ago. And, uh, it was probably the most real I ever, allowed myself 
the most open I ever got. And I'll tell you, I got more feedback, more personal messages, more emails than any other interview, any other podcast I've ever done. But because of that one, because I opened up and because I shared some real personal stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that was a, that was a learning experience for, uh, for myself. One of the transformations the I Am Salt Lake podcast has kind of evolved into is you have a lot of restaurant owners on your show. You have a lot of beer makers and whiskey makers and beard <laughs> soap companies. Sure. Do you worry with that extension and giving, I don't know if there's money being paid towards you two or you're just doing it to hear their Salt Lake story, but do you worry about being dirty and not being clean when you're trying to get advertising money from these companies? Cause I'm sure that once you start getting paid, they almost like our bosses, they start controlling your content a little bit. Right. Uh, so you, you, basically what you're saying is, is are you afraid? Are, are we afraid that they won't want to support our show? Sure. If, 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 you, if we're, if we're, if we uh, have bad language or something. Yeah. My my opinion is has been that we need to do what we want to put out, what we want to see in in the area of Salt Lake, and then people who like it, who are attracted to it, and run businesses will want to come to us to sp- to be sponsors. Um, if we hold back, we're not really putting out something that we love, and then it's kind of like we're wasting our time. and And I think enough people are comfortable with what we do that they're happy to sponsor. Yeah, well, exactly. Like so, so Olio, you're, you're you're probably talking about Olio. So they they sponsor uh, I am Salt Lake. They're one of our sponsors, and uh, you know myself as a guy with a beard. They want you know they're they're like, hey, this this guy's got a beard. He's able to talk about it. He uses the product, which I do. I love it. And I'm sorry to say, but like, I don't know. I mean, I, I I've never felt like they're you know anything we've ever done on I am Salt Lake is gonna. Uh, make them not want to work with us. I mean, I, I, I talk to Derek on a weekly basis. He's a avid listener of I am Salt Lake. Always giving, oh man, that was a great episode. You know, I, I love it when you, when you open up and you get real and you share your experiences. So, so I mean, I, I'm not worried about that. And if we do lose one person, we lose one person. I mean, that's just the way life is. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be controlled. I, I went into podcasting to have fun Yeah. and uh, I've never really felt like anything I've ever done has held me back at all. I'm curious to see where this podcast movement goes forward, because if you're Chris Jericho or Shaquille O'Neal and you're on podcast one, they don't cuss. You know, they're pretty much clean. And I know that Chris Jericho goes to his guests. Oh, yeah, you can cuss and they will, but you won't hear him cuss. And because, I mean, he's being paid a lot of money for a podcast and as these podcasts start dying off, I mean, you've seen in this city, they've been dying off. There's very few that are around from four years ago, and it's going to continue to trend, whether it's in Australia or China. They're going to fall down, and you're going to get more podcast companies souping up the big ones, and there is going to be a direct market push for content because your listenership, Chris, is very important to the advertising dollar. Sure. You know? Well, because they they know that hey, if Chris talks about this beard oil, mm. people are going to say, you know what, Chris, Chris, uh, I trust him. I trust him. There you go. And I think that's what's important. And that goes back to building the relationship with your listeners and and earning their trust. I'm not going to sit and talk about something I don't believe in. Just like the 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 company that doesn't believe in me doesn't want to advertise with me. And and it's to me, I, I, it's not worth it for me. 
Do you wish that you worked in radio? Uh, th- well, there's days, absolutely. Uh, I mean, and that's even more just because I would love to get out of my day job. I hate my day job with a passion. I've been there for 10 years. I hate it. But I go in every day because I have bills to pay. And so to me, I've always felt like radio was an easy answer to get out of that day job, which whether it's radio or not, I I want out of my day job. (laughs) You know what I mean? And so that's, that's, I mean, that's really the honest truth is, uh, and and I've always felt, well, okay, radio is something I I would enjoy, something I, I would excel at, something I could be good at. One of the things that surprises me in Salt Lake is when we, Johnny and I, and Johnny knew you before I did, but when I first met you and you came up to the University of Utah, I was like, oh, this guy's great. He's got a good voice. He's got ownership of his microphone. He's obviously going to get a job in radio. Yeah. Four years later, you're not on X96. You're not at Cumulus. And there is a lot of people in this market that suck. What well, it surprises me too. Where are they at? They're not knocking on my door. Yeah. Where are they at? I'm looking at my phone right yeah. now. There's no And you've calls. interviewed all the big guys. Sure. I mean, not really from this building, but everywhere else. No one hits you up, huh? No. Mm. That's weird to me. You know, you know, it's funny. So I, I, I met this, this is a funny story. I actually met with somebody one time and they thought I was making six figures a year with the podcast and all oh, this wow. and that. Like wow. I don't know I don't know what what kind of uh, idea I put in people's heads, but it's kind of like I'm struggling just like the next person. You know what I mean? I'm trying to figure out how to pay my podcast hosting fees just like the next person. You know what I mean? Like I'm not rich. I struggle. I get DMs all the time saying, hey, I want to be part of your network. Is iHeart going to put me on their app? I'm not involved with iHeartMedia, like they barely tolerate me here on Mondays. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> man, I like seeing you at work, man. This yeah. guy provides you entertainment. Might, but your bosses might not <laughs> like to. I, yeah, I have a similar problem when I hit up people to interview them or mm-hmm. get guests. You know, they like, well, can you get me on Mix 105.1? And yeah. I'm like, no, if you're not on the top 40 charts, you're not coming anywhere near there. Like, that's just how it works. Yeah, and then they get kind of like burned about it. And then they don't take like you well, know. People want to come on this podcast. They they want you to get yeah get, yeah, get, yeah we see get, that, that would that be tough lot. with what you're doing because they they feel like it's it's oh well I got to do this to get into that instead of just coming on the podcast exactly. See with I am Salt Lake, it's like hey you're just coming on the podcast. You know I, I have no other things I can offer you. Maybe a drink or something when they come <laughs> on. Or water, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't have. I mean, you know what I mean? I'm going to promote them. I'm going to. I'm going to hype them up. You know, as long as they 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 ha- they share a, a love of of their product or their business or whatever they do. I want want to bring somebody in who's passionate about what they do. I'm going to. I'll push them out. But I, you know, that, that would be very tough with what you're doing. I can see. I can see that. Are you still passionate about I Am Salt Lake? Are you still passionate every episode? There, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Of course, there's days I want to throw in the towel. There's days I, 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 I want to say, you know, forget this. This isn't worth it. And it isn't so much because of the, the, the guest or the podcast itself. It's more just because it gets so exhausting. It gets so tiresome where, you know, I, I'm, I'm putting, you know, 40 to 50 hours a week in at my day job. And the last time, the last thing I want to do sometimes is go spend another couple hours in the evening recording podcasts and and just talking with people in general sometimes gets exhausting. I feel you that way too, but as soon as I get in studio and I'm with my friends and we got a neat guest, all that 
oh, I don't want to get there. I don't want to drive. That goes away immediately. Sure. Well, this and is fun. Yeah, this is fun. Yeah. I love it. I'm That's so the thing. Happy. Is this is, I mean, yeah. I could sit and talk on the microphone for hours mm. because this is fun. It's energizing. It, it, it invigorates your soul and it makes you just want to keep producing. But then there's times, you know, middle of the week when you when you're having to edit the podcast, when you have to, you know, mix it all together and you have to uh, maybe send out some emails to get some new people on the show. That gets exhausting. Does it get in the way of your friendships and your loving relationships and well, l- luckily with Chrissy, I mean, that's what's been amazing about this relationship is we spend hours discussing podcasting stuff, working on the website, working on podcast ideas. And I mean, it, it really has been one of the most amazing experiences to find somebody to, to do that with. We work well together because I was doing podcasts before I met Chris. Yeah. Um, and I was doing comedy and like, this is my passion too. This is the kind of stuff that I love. And so really all we do is sit around and geek out about stuff and talk about what we can do and what we can build and or what podcast we listened to oh or discovered or I think if other people <laughs> if other people hung out with us they would get really bored. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> or or, or even goes back to podcast movement. It, it was like both of us realized we needed a vacation. So what do we, you know, well, what do we go do on a, uh, on a vacation and what do we spend our own money on? Let's fly to, fly to Chicago and go to a podcast conference. <laughs> a lot of people wouldn't want to do that. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the amount of money we had to drop on that, I mean, we could have had a glamorous vacation in Hawaii or even, you know, the... the but we would have gotten bored. Yeah, exactly. But we go to Chicago and we listen to... Uh, you know, how to podcast better. <laughs> and are you writing this off for tax purposes and all that kind of stuff? Like, are you business expensing this? So we're working on it. We yeah. we are actually in the in the process of getting a business license so that we can, because we're, we're actually investing a lot right now and we're just getting all the business side set up. Is there a glass ceiling for female podcasters? Because one of the things you hear about in television broadcasting is the amount of abuse that women take especially the espn ladies i mean they're getting dick yeah. pics they're getting death mail they're getting rape jokes and threats uh there's a lot of that i actually um there is i had someone recently while we were on our trip actually post on my facebook wall that i was a joke and i should never call 911 if i needed help <laughs> and then wow. she gets a, and i get like very so angry. much stuff but like you don't yeah. get that i don't get well i have people I, either hitting I think on me or wanting girl. to kill me I, I think it's a girl thing like yeah. especially when it comes to online like she shows me the amount of dick pics she gets and yeah. i'm like this is amazing why was i not sending dick pics <laughs> while i was single like it was like i could do that i didn't even know i was allowed to do that i mean i just thought it was common courtesy not to right yeah there's some people that are so bold out there man yeah Exactly, uh, and and and, uh, and the stuff that she gets hit up on, wow. Yeah, I get some crazy stuff. So where but, do you think that comes from? Because uh, you're not a powerful, I know, super masculine caricature. Because uh, she's a beautiful woman. Oh no! Well, thanks. <laughs> but no, I think it's really because um, you know, and I hate to say this, but it's society. You know, I also work in the computer field, and I re- I met someone just randomly was you know, working on my computer, uh, talking to him. And he's like, well, how did a girl like you get into computers? You should just be a stripper. Wow. You know, to my face the first time I met him. So this is just, it's just the way people think. Like if, if you're a blonde chicken, Utah with boobs, why are you using your brain? That's a stupid idea. That's, that's how guys think <laughs> it's true. Oh no, I agree. And, uh, you know, it's just something that you learn to deal with and move on. That's because, unfortunate. 
eh, it's life. I, I mean, it doesn't matter what you look like. If Do things you're passionate about and let people hate you. Who cares? If people hate you, that means you're doing something right, right? Oh, mm. yeah. Hey, well, there you it's go. It's one way to I leave. mean, <laughs> you know, the haters, haters they, they, you know, they're going to give you good, pub- or not good publicity, but they're going to give you publicity of some sort. They're <laughs> going to put you in some sort of spotlight. Yeah. I mean, it's good to have haters. It's like the saying, you know, there's no such thing as bad publicity. Yeah, <laughs> so. well, exactly. kind of true. Exactly. Well, and, and like the moment you realize that the people who are super angry and attacking you are only doing it because they hate themselves and they're miserable, it's a lot easier to let it roll off your back. It's a tough thing for Twitter. You've seen that with the lady in Ghostbusters. Oh, Leslie Jones. Yeah, where yeah. they're shutting down anyone that criticizes her. But it was it took them a long time to do it, though. Well, Twitter has the real approach of free speech and defending free discussion, not just in America, but in a world. I mean, it took them a while to make the conscious decision to flush out ISIS on Twitter. Oh, wow. You know, because it's that whole... We want to protect freedom of speech because there's so many countries on this planet that don't have freedom. So their only way to express themselves is through Twitter. And But you, you're you seeing more and more and more on Twitter of people just trolling. Yeah. I mean, yeah. On ABC, they had a professional—there's a comic in town. Yeah. I forget his name, but— they interviewed him about being an asshole on Twitter. Kevin and, Gillingham. Yeah, yeah, and he's completely proud of it. Like, wow. Yeah, it's unbelievable to me. Just, I, I had to unfollow do think, him for it. But. Do you think that trolling of Leslie, do you think that hurt or helped ticket sales? Because I was thinking about that. Like, they're talking a lot about it. And it's in the middle of the movie premiere. So, I don't know. Maybe I'm cynical. Like, but it I made her cry. They no, really hurt her, too. I mean... She's never come out and attacked anybody or done anything like that, and they were getting like really personal things that she can't, she can't control the, yeah. the color of her skin or her face and things like this. Like, and they were calling like con, call you know calling gorilla. gorilla and yeah. stuff too. It's like you could honestly see the emotion in some of the stuff that she typed. She's like, I I can't believe it. I haven't done anything to you guys. Like, so I mean, I was kind of surprised, but yeah, I guess there, I it, guess with Twitter, there's certain. I think things. it's a sad reality of the world we live in. Like, I know that, like, there's racist people out there that really think these things, that feel this way, that that want to, you know, like, hurt or harm another person of color. Like, they're out there. They're real. And now you can see them. You can hear them. Like, you know, it's not—racism's not confined to their homes now. You know, they can just put it on the Internet out to anyone that they want. Well, and it's it's crazy, though, too, that some people just don't care. You can see their whole profile sometimes, yeah. and these the people just they don't got, care. They like, a family, and they got everything. Oh, yeah, yeah like, just doing stuff on the morning show, I've seen this. And, they, you know, in, in fact, those guys told me, they're like, the stuff you see here, like, you're going to see stuff that you're not used to seeing, and you're going to see a whole other side of listeners that you didn't even know. And yeah, people are so bold these days, man. It's and just, you it's catch ridiculous. a lot of shit because you replaced a guy that's. There's very few radio celebrities in Utah, but DB yeah, is almost a twenty years, man. Yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's a bonafide yeah. celebrity in this yeah. town, hometown hero. And oh yeah, he left, and you fill in. And oh. anytime CHT <laughs> posts a photo and he's in it, they're like, "Where's DB? Wayne sucks." Yeah, and, they, uh, they it's it's this comparison type thing. You know what? I almost feel like, and, and I understand it because, you know, this guy, I grew up listening to this guy and stuff too. Uh, but you can't compare two people, you know, who are completely different people to each other. And I understand, you know, that they, they want him. And I, I you know, I, I wasn't expecting him to leave, you know. I, I loved listening to their program. 
But that's the thing, and it's slowly starting to, to calm down as far as, you know, it's been like a month and a half now. So people, I mean, at the beginning, people were just like, oh, who is this? Blah, blah, blah. Like, they, they just felt it's so awesome. Man. They really, and this guy would just take pictures and send it to me. <laughs> getting his jollies off, just like, look what this this guy said about you. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, you, when I, when I would read things about celebrities, uh, like saying that they don't get online, Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's uh, it's a little bit that I got, so I understand that. You never, Chris. You never attack people that say you're not funny or you should have done this. You never go after them, or do you like join? me personally? Yeah. yeah, attack people on social media. So let's say you have someone that comes on your Twitter account, sure. right, and says you're not funny, Hollyfield, or you should have performed your interview this way or you should do this way will you engage in that person or will you well i've never had it happen believe it or not i I, but uh maybe i would engage a little bit but i don't think i would go after it the way of trying to pick a fight you know what i mean uh even chrissy has said that like i'm just kind of a I, I don't know what the word is that you've used, Chrissy. Uh, I'm trying to think of, you, you say how oh, I'm just such a nice, nice guy. A nice guy. You're so nice. And you yeah. love everybody. No, I, I don't it's know. what I, I, I don't go out of my way to pick a fight. I don't I don't know. I, I, I wish I could a little bit just because I think it's good. Again, it goes back to being authentic. Is if you have a, a, a point of view or a train of thought or something you want to say, don't hold back. Say what you have to say. But unfortunately, I, I'm, I'm just a big teddy bear. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's so much easier for people to stand outside the boxing ring and judge you. No one's going to get in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? And I think that's, that's really the big thing. No matter what you do, you can't do anything right. People are going to stand outside and judge you and be like, I could do that better. But you know what? They're not doing it. Yeah, exactly. If they think they can do it better, go ahead and try. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's almost, that's, that's how I feel sometimes. It's just like, jump in the ring. If you want to do a podcast, do a podcast. Yeah, it's like, you know, we've been doing this for years, and it's like you think that you could just come off the street and just walk in. You think it's that easy. You think, you you know, you don't have advertisers and stuff that are, you know, sitting there expecting you to do something. Or I mean, there's so many things, man, and it's just like they they don't understand what's going on inside the house. They don't know how hard it is to do this. Yeah. They really don't. Yeah. Yeah. How hard it is to do like podcasts? Well, both. Broadcast and broadcasting. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. It's hard. But at the same time, it's a lot of fun. So it kind of evens out somewhere along the way, right? I don't know. Someone sent me a post from your Facebook because I'm not on there. And you were kind of bringing up the idea of starting a podcast network or training facility. Is that still something you're wanting to do, Chris? It was a while back, right? I think so. Well, so a while back, I was posting. A friend of mine had a had a spot that he uh, that that I use currently uh, to record. I am Salt Lake with, and he was just looking for other people to come in and record there. So, and then there was there was a thought, you know, it'd be fun to to you know, kind of like you said, teach people uh, how to podcast or just kind of be there as a mentor. I don't know. It would be fun, though. I mean, to say no, I guess, uh, would be false. But I got a lot of other things to do as well. So, and this isn't a me asking you, but have you ever thought about joining one of the bigger podcast networks around the country, like Riotcast or Earwolf or whatever those All guys? Things are? Commoners, yeah. uh, with I am Salt Lake, I don't really see that there would be much of a reason to. Um, I mean, I guess any exposure is good exposure, and of course, it's always fun to have listeners. 
from all over, but with it being a very local centric podcast, I feel like, I mean, unless there would be a reason, I don't know what the reason would be to join a a network. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you feel confined by being like geographically central? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, But I knew going into creating I Am Salt, like I knew that that would be a, a bit of a struggle. But I also knew uh, when, I, when, I, when I started it, it, it was basically, a, there, there was a lot of reasons why I started, but I saw the interest in, in my Instagram feed from, from people all over the world, mostly United States, but all over the world, that still had this tie to Salt Lake City. So they, they, they would move away, but still have this something that kind of brought them back and, and, and had them connected to it. And so I knew that that would help out creating I Am Salt Lake with listeners. So, yeah, I mean, I have listeners all over and here's all the, over the world, no, really. But. Here's the reason why I ask is there's a, the NBA play-by-play man for the Utah Jazz is a guy named David Locke. And he's got a podcast called Locked on Jazz mm. where you download it and it's behind the scenes and detailed stats and just geeky stuff about the Utah Jazz. But he's created a podcast network called Locked on Sports. So there's a Locked on San Antonio. There's a Locked on Boston. There's a Locked on Chicago and it's all through his website and his feeds. And so if you're a Chicago Bulls fan, you're going to have a direct link with their play-by-play guy or a behind-the-scenes journalist, And it's exclu- but it's all tied back to Locked On Jazz. Going forward, are we going to see an I Am Miami, an I Am New York? And they're they're am- already out there. There's, there's already there. a gazillion other local podcasts in other cities. Called though, but no, they're not called that. I mean, to that. your name. I, and, I mean, but what? The, I wouldn't even want that though. No. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want an I am Miami. I wouldn't want that because that's not that person's self. You know what I mean? But Come it's up a with a brand, the name. but it, it would be a brand, right? Uh, I, I don't. I don't know if I'm. I, I don't know how I could. I don't know how to really. Uh, just say, say, no. say yeah. well, no, no, no. I mean, I'm I'm trying to figure out how to say it because there's already other local podcasts, and they're putting their own personal flavor. And so, why not have them come up with their own name? Like, why why would they have to be so generic? I, I didn't want I, I don't want I am Salt Lake to just be so generic, like a franchise. Yeah, yeah, like 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 this is this is a creation I came up with. Come up with your own creation. You know, do a local podcast in Portland or L.A., but come up with a name on your own. Mm. Like why why steal I am Salt Lake name or why use that way? I mean to me that says a person has no creativity on their you know no thought process of their own that they just have to. I was steal thinking a more name. of a revenue point for you. Oh, and franchise your, your yes. brand then, yes. like have your own I am like, and that's your 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 franchise. I I guess I am I, Chicago. I, 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 yeah, I mean I I don't know. I mean I guess I would rather deal with things more on a local level. I have enough fish to fry here in salt lake i i don't really want to uh to spend so much energy on on all these other cities fair enough yeah and i think the cool thing too (laughs) with your your podcast too dude is i mean being in the the capital city of utah too you've you've got a lot of people and you were saying you had the listeners worldwide too which is so awesome but then you're also getting the whole state of utah really because i i mean i i find here in utah everyone Something may be, you know, based around Salt Lake, but the interest comes from the entire state. Well, exactly. They love, and and people are passionate about Salt Lake City. I mean, yeah. how many people do you run into on a daily basis that are like, yeah, I love this city. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, this is the best city in the world. And I'm sure in any city you go to, people are going to have hometown, hometown pride. Yeah. But there's something about 
the pride here that is far better than any other city I've ever seen. I love Salt Lake City. It feels like the land of opportunity to me. I moved up here to go to the U. My whole life changed when I came up here. Like I, I love Salt Lake City. To me, it's it's the perfect place to be. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, before I even moved here, I was I was so vested in everything that Salt Lake City was doing, and that was just as a Utah. Like I didn't even live here, and I, I I was keeping up on you know their elections and seeing what they were you know what development stuff they were doing. Like, and I didn't I was not even a, an actual citizen here of Salt Lake City, but I was so like invested in in the city. I was interested. I feel like it's America's best kept secret. Like I don't think people are really aware of like the potential of Salt Lake City. Yeah. Well, and, and, and it kind of goes back to actually uh, another saying on the same thought, going back to even how you were saying, like uh, dealing uh, with alcohol and, and stuff like that on I Am Salt Lake. I mean, I've always wanted to attract that counterculture of Salt Lake and City. a big counterculture. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and I don't want, I, I, I've never, I mean, of course, I want, you know, Mormons to listen to the podcast. I want, you know, people, I'll never go and bash anybody's ideas. But at the same time, that's always been what I've wanted to portray, that there's more to Salt Lake yeah. than just what people typically think of it. I love that, you man. Know, I love like that. Like Chrissy came up with this. Is, uh, there's there's more to Salt Lake City than Mormons and mountains. It's you true. know what I mean? Uh, you said my line. It's well, no, very I, true. I wanted to say that, you no, know, because we didn't, you know. I did say that at Podcast Movement to, to everyone we met pretty much, because we did a survey, like, what do you think of? When you hear Salt Lake City. Yeah. And I was like, there's more than Mormons and mountains. And everybody thought it was hilarious. Because that's what most people think of when they think of Salt Lake City and they think of Utah. And I'm trying to dispel that myth. I still, in my dumb little head, find this culture very repressed. I think there's a lot of negativity that goes on. This in this society, I think there's a lot of repression. I think there's a lot of financial bullying that goes on in this community. I think that we have a major problem on both sides of the tracks. You know, yeah. there is yeah. that divide. There's a big racial divide here. Yeah. And I really don't see anyone giving a flying fuck about well, I think anybody outside of themselves here. In this that's town. Very, I mean, it is an interesting society because it was founded on certain principles. And then it's attracted people who don't have those principles. And it's become kind of a, a polarized community there's a big divide here yeah, yeah and but i think we're work, we're trying to work on like pulling that together and, and integrating everyone into like we are like we are salt lake yeah each you know person here a plays lot of, a major role yeah a lot of city. artists and musicians are moving here because they can afford to live here they can do the art that they want they can't do that in the bigger cities and so i i see a lot of this counterculture really growing and it's going to get bigger faster than we think Oh, for sure. And it'd be also the other thing is a lot of people going back to like when you're saying that it's not just Mormons and mountains. That's so true. Actually, the, the Mormons are the minority in Salt Lake City. Absolutely. Like, it's the minority. And that's the thing. That, and I'm, I'm totally down with what you guys are saying as far as presenting this picture to to the world, because, yeah, a lot of people have this this view in their mind that they think they know what Salt Lake is. And it's like, no, you got to come here and actually see for yourself it is not what you're expecting. Um, I mean, but some of the liquor fine. laws. Yeah, it, it, it's <laughs> fine for a conservative group of people to be the minority in the biggest city in the state, but the legislators aren't. You yeah. know, they're very conservative. They're one of the most conservative governments in the let's go the world, and they don't vote and support artism, uh, gay rights. They don't. But it's changing. 
Yeah, I mean, it's look, there's a lesbian a lot, mayor, man. at least, I mean, for Salt Lake yeah, City. But. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, did yeah. we ever see that day coming? Yeah, Openly never, gay mayor? You would never have thought. You would have never thought in Salt Lake City. Too. Exactly. So, and that, I think, opened the doors as far as nationally and internationally, people's minds thinking, oh, wow, maybe they're not as, you know, closed-minded in Salt Lake City as we thought, you know. Yeah. So, so what do you do? You know, do you move away because you're like, I'm frustrated or do you say, you know what, this is my city. I'm proud of it. I'm going to create the city I want to live in and I'm going to do something. And that's what you do. You don't just, you don't just hide in your houses or move away. That's not the answer. But I totally, I, I feel what you're saying though, as far as the, the representation on the state level though, yeah, yeah, that might take some time. And then you got counties like Utah County that they're going to need a lot more help. I mean, they but, are known as one of the reddest counties in, in the entire nation. But so. they like it down there. People in Utah County, they like that about Utah County. So let them live that way. Yeah, it's okay. And so it's fine, if no. you want something a little more liberal, come to Salt Lake City. Makes total sense, though. You're so optimistic, Chris. That's great, I think that's the only way to look at things. Yeah. You know what I mean? Otherwise, yeah. you get you so spend, depressed. Do you spend time, like, in Seattle or Portland or Colorado or, you know? Not like I should. Mm. Not like I should. Because I just see such a different freedom in other so, parts. So then why don't you move there, then? If they're so much better than Salt Lake City, maybe you should move there. Oh, yeah, that's a question that comes up. <laughs> no, I mean, this is yeah. what I say, it's though. Something I ta- think about a lot because I've turned down big-time jobs in Colorado, and I have a kid here. I have a, No, and, and I, I remember we discussed that. is to be a father first and to put my wants behind him because, yeah, he'll be fine without me, but I think that his life has a— better chance of succeeding and being healthy sure. if his father's around. Absolutely. So and there's a lot of respect for here. that. And and I'm not bitter about that because I, I can leave anytime I want. But no, there are a lot of things here that really do frustrate me. And the lack of care that I see in this town about air quality, about homeless population, about mm-hmm. gay youth, about marijuana legalization. You know, there's just... So are you doing anything to change any of that? I don't know what is there for a citizen to do. I mean, I can ask Senator. I've had Senator Madsen come on my podcast network and have great discussions about marijuana. I've had great discussions on this podcast with a lot so, of so you are doing you are doing you're you're so, you're, 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 you're got a microphone, I, you're getting the word out there. Signs and going to the legislative session. No, but I am I am a good man who works as a journalist in media, and I am exercising my freedoms by protecting civil liberties and the ways that I do it through my job. Because there's a lot of people that can do my jobs, but there's a lot of people that won't bring my resilience and toughness and no, Technique. we're not going to yeah. do it this Social way. Social consciousness, keep too, these man. microphones open. So and we're you're gonna... doing a lot more than other people I tried, do. I don't know if it's it's not about doing more or less. There's a, there's a lot more I should be doing, um, and that's kind of where we brought it up at the beginning of the podcast. Is I know Johnny and I have struggled with it. Do we want to do the Utah AIDS Foundation? Do we want to do Utah Food Bank? Do we want to go to Pioneer Park and finally start doing that homeless project we've been talking about for four years? Or do we just want to keep slinging dick jokes? You know, it's yeah. <laughs> it's one of why those. not do a little bit of everything though. That's the thing, do, and I mean that's that's the thing. I think we do, but I think you run into it's like we've brought up. I think you run into credibility issues. Yeah. It's you know, if I'm talking with Senator DeBacchus, right, oh. and then I'm at the zoo with Andy Gold, there's a real conflicting a <laughs> paradigm going on with the show. 
I, 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 I don't I don't see what's wrong with that. But. I think it kind of stems from how we started this show too. Remember, we started at the University of Utah, three hour blocks of live yeah. talking. Yeah. And then you know and we couldn't censored. swear. Yeah. yeah, incredibly censored. Yeah. Remember, I was too scared to even talk about gun control in our first episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, you're yeah. a citizen first. Yeah. Yeah. It's a sticky situation. Yeah. No, I see it. And that's, I mean, I've struggled that with I Am Salt Lake is, is, is you know, at what point do you try something new? And are you going to lose listeners along the way? Well, you know what? I might lose 10, but I might gain 50, mm. you know? And, and, but it's still very, I mean, Chrissy can even say this. The last episode of I Am Salt Lake, I didn't even want to put that episode up, but that episode has got amazing feedback of just her and I talking behind the microphone, sharing our stories. People want to hear that. Yeah. And even if it's scary, I mean, you just got to try. If it's scary to do something new because it might affect what you've been doing, just do it. Because you're not, your listeners, your loyal listeners are not going to leave because you did something one time that they didn't like. You know? Exactly. just, Just see how it affects it. Try new things out. Explain that to your listeners. And I think that kind of keeps the credibility in check because they know that you're aware of what you're doing. One of the neat things that you did, Chris, with your podcast is you brought your show live. Oh, I you know, when it. Club 50 West was <laughs> yeah. going and all that stuff, they gave you the opportunity. To, tell me about that experience. Why didn't you podcast those? Why did you? I did. What do you mean? I, I, Are they all up? They're, they're all up. Your well, live there's only, there? there's one. I, we did a, a live show at, at Watchtower. I was actually talking with Johnny with this before we started recording. Uh, we did one live podcast at uh, Watchtower Cafe. Unfortunately, the recording of that did not come out, mm. so I wasn't able to put it up. But all the other ones are up. Tell me about the live experience. Oh, my gosh. The best experience ever. And I want to do more of those. Um, it was it was something I didn't know. I was like, well, how, how do I take this podcast to a live show? I, I didn't know how to do it. Um, I actually, you know, asked people, you know, how should we do this? How should we, you know, how should I do it? What would be the best way to do it? And we came up with the uh, format of, um, three and th- three, uh, former guests of the show. And I had a blast doing it. It was great again to connect with listeners. They came out. I met a lot of new faces, a lot of people able to come up to me and, uh, tell me how much they love the show. So, there, that was a really great experience, uh, being able to, you know, turn the mics on. If you have questions for us, do you have questions for me? Do you have something to bring up? I mean, it was a great experience. And I'd like to do more of those. Because I know Johnny and I got hit up by Club 50 yeah. to do a live show. And the first thing I said, I was like, dude, we're not going to sell it out. Like, no. I don't think you sold it out. But did you, you have you had that, a great turnout. Did you yeah. have that pressure and anxiety of what happens if only 20 people show up? Or Well, sure, man. Yeah. I, I think I think it be uh, anybody's going to have that you you wonder especially the very first one you yeah. know I, I, is anybody going to come out to this super nervous you were oh of course yeah. of course but i think you have to even if only five people show up i mean you, you got to start somewhere and even if five people show up they're going to have an awesome experience you yeah. have five loyal listeners who are gaining something from you that they need and they want Uh, When we were at the podcast movement, Kevin Smith actually gave an amazing talk. And my favorite thing that he said is there's no such thing as failure. Failure is just success training. Exactly. So you just do it. You just go out and you do it. You see the response. You alter what you need to do. Just get back up and dust yourself off if it doesn't work out. You know, your listeners will still be there. Because if I would have listened to that fear, I would have never done a live show and gotten a taste of what that was all about. And now all I can think about is, when can I do the next one? Where can I do it at? And that's what I'm actually searching 
for the perfect venue to do another I Am Salt Lake Live. Uh, you know, I'd love to do more at 50 West, but management it's, changes, yeah, yeah, exactly. Management changes. So I don't know where that would be. What would you do different for your next live show? Like learning what you've learned now? Uh, what would I do different? Like, would you have a comedian open? Like, I, I remember you, had, yeah, I think it was yeah, Levi. I opened up the first one and then, and then I did another, the second one I did there, uh, Aaron Woodall uh, opened up there. You know, I would love to do something with like a band or something Ooh, like that. Kind of, cool. kind of have like a, a band open up, even have some music in between guests. You know, I, I don't know if I'd do a whole lot different. I would just be a lot more comfortable doing the show, period. Yeah. You know, and then now with Chrissy on board, it might be fun to kind of have a little banter with each other in the beginning and then bring people out, I, you know. How's that experience for you, bringing on a co-host? Because I know you had Ryan Prince on a couple of years ago as a co-host. Yeah, right. We've co-hosted a couple of times together, not on your show, but yeah. you've always seemed like the lone wolf kind of guy to me. Well, and that's just because I had to do it that way. I had to. I mean, I, I wanted to do a podcast, but when I first started I Am Salt Lake, there was nobody to do it with me. So I'm like, well, I got to do it myself. This is what I got to learn. And then years of doing it by yourself, that's what you become comfortable with, and that's what you know. So to bring somebody else on the show, it, it is difficult. Uh, and with with Chrissy sitting in here on this podcast episode, we'll talk about uh, this uh, dynamic. It, it it is very difficult. It there, is. There's times I've I've made her cry. I'm not going to lie, and I feel bad because there is, you know, I mean, there's a certain thing I I expect, uh-huh. and there's a certain performance, and there's a certain uh, thing, and it's like I have that idea in my head, but I don't but, exactly. And and while we while we've been we've been dating for a while, and he kept saying, you know, I've always wanted a co-host. Let's let's do this, and I was very resistant. I was like, "Oh no, this is your thing." I'm not I'm because like, you're mixing love and business, or yeah, no, exactly. I don't think that's it for me. For me, it wasn't. For me, it was like, "No, you're Chris. You are I'm Salt Lake. I'm happy to do like background things. I'm happy to design things for you. Like I'm happy to be a business manager. You know, things like that. But I don't want to come in and change what you've created. And that was a huge fear for me. But we've we've worked on it and it's been really fun. And we're still working on it. We but definitely it, but are. it is nice to be able to have somebody that you're in a relationship with to be able to do that versus like if I it, it was very difficult. You know, I've been I've been gosh, how long have I been divorced? For three years. You know, you try to date people and it's like, well, obviously there's something very important to me that I am Salt Lake is very important to me. And when you can't discuss that with them and you can't bring that to the relationship because they, they they don't even comprehend what a podcast is it makes it very difficult to date that person mm-hmm. there's and, it's such a huge part of so, your world yeah. if you can't share it with the person that you're with it creates a divide that's like think, hitting the, the jackpot right there is if you if you do get a get somebody who you can be in a relation with uh, who is in the same line exactly. of business you are set you are it's, golden it's pretty money Right? We yeah. both have a good time. I, I think I lucked out. Because <laughs> it's cool. They understand why your work schedule is the way it is. They understand, you know, what passion, why you're passionate about the thing is. I think that's awesome. Yeah. I think it's, it, it's the best. And so why not bring her into the show and have her co-host? And I've learned a lot. And I wanted to learn. It goes back to even you, how you say with radio, of why am I not on the radio? I think this is a great learning experience on how to work a show with somebody. So if that opportunity ever arose i would know how to deal with it better 
Because I know even you, you when, when we tried to, you know, mess around, I mean, this was a while back, mess around, uh, when we were on the microphone together, <laughs> Sasha. <laughs> you know, it, it, was, it was different. It was different for me. You know what I mean? And, and, and I it think, was a big adjustment. You know, and I, I, think, uh, I think from the beginning you do butt heads. But you need to learn how to be an adult and you say, okay, this, we're going to work on this if you want to. I don't think anybody right from the start is going to just be like, well, this is magic. This is, you know, this is what we need to do. This is, um, you know, automatically. I mean, there are some people that are automatically good behind the microphone together, but then there's some people that are like, well, we got something here. Let's keep working on it. Yeah. Okay. No, I had a blast. Uh, I, I don't even remember what episodes. I mean, there must have been the late 60s, early 70s, but we had you on for five or six weeks and it was a lot of fun. Yeah. And I was like, because I knew where the progression of, my show was going that it would eventually come to this studio here at iHeartRadio. Well, you were talking about that. I remember you were yeah. talking about that. And I that. remember that you wanted to have phone lines and do all this stuff. And then that one day you're like, <laughs> I don't have time to do it. It's gone. And my head was like, oh, but this is, I knew where it was going to go. Sure. You sure. know, so, but I've always been impressed by your work ethic. And Johnny and I, I mean, even having to book guests and we have them come into a multi million dollars studio and watching you come from interviewing people on your couch and with my iphone man yeah. first three iPhone, episodes yeah. were done on an iphone <laughs> i mean i really admire what you've created because well, you. it's a, it really is a beautiful thing that you've done and you, the quality of your audio and your editing is better i'd say than anyone in utah that podcasts outside of their whole media.com network and I'm just blown away by you. Well, thank so, you. Yeah, thank I always you. have been. It's it's kind of one of those things where it's gotten to the point of, you know, even back to you say, uh, are you still passionate about it? It's like, I don't know what else I would do. Mm. I mean, what else am I going to do with my time? Uh, just sit on the couch and drink beer and, and, and uh, you know, I would rather create something. Because you took that sabbatical for a little bit. I did. I did. I did take about six or seven months off, which was needed. It, it was... Mm -hmm. It was it was one of the best things I ever did, and it was it was it was hard to get back into the swing of things, but I think it, it allowed me to step back a little bit and and figure out what do I want to do, what what where do I really want to take this show, and then it went back to you know how I was saying the struggle in dating. I, I wanted to to you know I was like okay, this podcast is getting in the way of my dating life, and dating was important to me because it was like you know I wanted to get you know. Need, yeah, yeah, I mean, it, some, yeah. yeah, well, it, I mean, there was a lot more to that. I mean, I'm in my late 30s and, and it's like I would like to create a family at some point. I'm not getting any younger. And uh, it, it was it was difficult. But then but then trying to date and, and still having that back of your head of like, I need to do this podcast. It was eating away at me. And then emails of people being like, when are you going to bring the show back? And so finally I said, let's do it again. And 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 I feel like it's a completely different beast than it was in the beginning by being able to take that break and uh without being rude you sound happier yeah. no 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 i i i i take I, you're not being rude at all well and it's mostly because of chrissy i'm not gonna lie i mean a person needs to find happiness within themselves but i think another person can bring that out of them absolutely and so my life is in a much better place now than it was even when you and I were doing yeah. radio stuff before, you know, and I think I'm, I've allowed myself to be happy. And that goes both ways. I mean, I'm happier than I've ever been now. 
for the same reason. I mean, if you listen to the podcasts I did before I met Chris, which are not on the internet anymore, I was very, very angry. Like wait, wait your, pod, your old podcasts aren't on the internet anymore? No, I took them down. Okay. Why? Oh, well, because I didn't want to pay the fees anymore to host them. Mm. So, uh, but the, it was a different side of me. I never thought that I would meet someone like this, that we could work together. We actually enjoyed each other's company. And it's it's just been awesome. I think yeah. we're both feeding very positively off of the fact that we have the same interests. Absolutely. We have a lot of young broadcasters or students who still listen to our show advice for that boy girl other who wants to go into media is do you think the digital wave is the future or do you think going it i know you don't work in radio and television but would you encourage them to go to the internet as opposed to conventional forms uh you know i mean i i see where you know by me not being part of radio uh, it's hard to really know, but I, I don't think radio. And, and I know we've discussed this. I don't think radio is ever going to go away. I don't. Either. You know, I used to believe. No. I used to believe it, it was. I used to say, "Oh, you know, podcasts are going to smash it. This is the way of the future." But I've talked to a lot of people about that, and uh, I, you know, I don't want to. I, 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 it was. I don't know who it was exactly, but, but like they said, you know, there's always going to be those people that turn on the radio in the car, they want that availability. And it, and it made a lot of sense to me. You know, it, it, I, I still listen to the radio sometimes, you know, I'm not going to lie. It's just because it's there, it's on, it's, it's, it's good background noise. But also <laughs> even, I mean, it, it, the way I see it, even if you're pursuing something in more of a broadcast world, it's never bad to be able to create things that you want the way you want to represent yourself and put yourself out there. It's kind of like the equivalent of how people are finding um, talent off of YouTube channels. Sure. You know, you, people go to YouTube and watch stuff, and they're, it's not mainstream, but that's a lot of people are turning there to look for people who are creating things that are awesome and to pull them into the more corporate world. So, yeah, do a podcast, start a podcast. I mean, that's great experience to start a podcast. Like, if, you're, if you're, you want to get into media broadcasting, start a podcast, get that experience working the microphone. Uh, get that experience, you know, listening to even your own voice. A lot of people can't even stand the sound of their own voice. And then, and then maybe try to get into uh, something more television or radio or whatever you want to do. I think, I think it's great to do it all. I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm sure you learned a lot, Johnny. I mean, with doing radio now, you learned a lot with doing podcasting and, and stuff like that, right? Or yeah. Oh, definitely. It's um, apples and oranges, but they're both fruit. You know well, what exactly. I mean? Exactly. So yeah, I... Definitely podcasting prepared me for radio, but, you know, radio is its own thing at the end of the day, and it is not going away. It's... Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely not. I'd like to see a lot of it go away. I, <laughs> I, I think what has happened in specifically radio is disgusting. I It breaks my heart that this station, that Cumulus, that Broadway is are empty. It breaks my heart that KSL and Fox and ABC and Channel 2 are empty because there is so much important that the community sorry that yeah. just baffled that but the I, I community gains so much by having talented people broadcasting and when they say oh there's no money how is there no money there's 250 million people listening to iheart media throughout america there's money there but they're not they're giving it to the people that have three Mercedes so they can buy another boat and buy another piece of property instead of opening up their door and stop and being greedy. It's 
twelve million dollar bonuses every year. Yeah. yeah, I mean, for Ryan Seacrest to make twenty million dollars a year is a fucking joke. For <laughs> Rush Limbaugh to make eighteen million dollars a year is a fucking joke. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, no, but more six, power no. to them, give though, him six, for getting there. Him six million. It, it tells me that I have just the same opportunity to get there. But you don't. Why don't I? I can. Because if I work hard and put my time I in. Mean, we've even, you, can't just, you can't just automatically say, no, I don't have that opportunity. No, but we've had these conversations with Frankie and other people. The chances of someone having a 20-year career in radio in one market is probably not going to happen. It's pretty rare now. You know? That's what they You're say. not much of a dreamer, are you? No. You've got to dream a little bit. I, I, Reach for the sky, and if you fall, you fall. I think I've reached pretty damn high, and I work yeah. really damn hard. And I, from a kid that went to jail at 17 years old to be where I'm at working with the biggest media outlets in the world, I think I've come pretty far, but sure. it's not through dreaming. It's through working really hard and being really good at my job and being practical about my movements from A to B to C to D. Yeah. And I don't apologize for that, and I can't, you know. I like to think I walk the line between that, where, like, I, I do like to dream of things that are better, and but I do know that the work that it takes to get to where we are, like, just, just the work that we've put in to get to where we are, it's... It's exhausting. Yeah. You know I mean? It's so hard. And it's hard to dream of more because you're just so tired by the time you get there. But then, you know, you got to dig deeper and figure and figure another way out. Yeah. Yeah. But no, you know, I'll, I'll always have that problem with Howard Stern signing a five year, $500 million contract to talk into a microphone and to be funny. I will always have that problem with the Dane Cooks and the Bill Burrs making the type of money they're making while we have generational poverty and generational disease in our communities. And that, that will never waver. You know, if you become a multimillionaire off of your talents, I will still have problems with the inequalities that we have. And I think that that's part of my, if I have any greatness in me, oh, no, I get that. that part I get of it, that. You know? I get that. Well, I, I think that comes from the cynicism of the industry because now, you know, it's gotten to the point where it's one-man departments. Yeah. And right, like, I'm a one-man department. Like, I am the promotions department. That's why they call me Johnny Promo. You know, I have to do all of that. And back, you know, 10 years ago, there'd be, you know, three, four, five people or at least two people in my department. Yeah. You know, but now it's different. It's more consolidated. No, there'd be seven of me in this building 15 years ago. And there's one of me now that does my job. And that's fine, but it doesn't work right. You know, and if you go into master control at any of the news stations, you have an audio guy and you got a producer and a director as where when the height of television was really good, there'd be 17 people in that room and they could go anywhere in the world and they could bring content from anywhere in the world. And now you have producers that really shouldn't be producing because they're overworked, overtired, and they're not good because they have no help and they have no support. It's kind of, you know, and I see, I see that as a theme. And so, yeah. The, the, the confines of the radio industry. Yeah. Yeah. Or, well, the media, really, right now. And it's bloated contracts and big bonuses that have done yeah. that. And the reason why you're not in radio, most likely, I mean, I'm sure you could apply and start as a tech and work your way up because you are a very talented man, Chris. But it's the reason why that, because you probably would have been picked up in 88. Yeah. You know, and that job's not there for us anymore. And that breaks my heart because the quality of radio is not the same. It isn't. It isn't. Yeah. But there still are some good radio, uh, you know, good talk radio out there. I think so. I think yeah. there's a couple, but 
I think a lot of them are burnt out too. Yeah. You know, it's the mm-hmm. same show every day for 20 years. I don't, I don't, I don't, I kind of disagree with you. I think there's a lot of, I think the best produced show in this town is uh, Mick and Allen's show. And, you know, I'm not a rock and roll guy, but those guys are, their production's phenomenal. Mm. I can't say that about any other show in this state. I don't think people care. I don't think that they have the resources and talent to do it. I mean, our biggest shows in iHeartRadio have no producers, and they kill every other radio show and station in the market. But there's no money. How is there no money? Yeah. You know, and I know that these shows would be better if they had a Chris Hollyfield or, you know, a Chrissy and there or a Sasha Passion Bloom, people. You know? Yeah. And, yeah. No, and I agree. You but know, it's not out there. They don't want to. They they want to keep their own jobs. They don't. They don't you know what I mean? They don't want to lose their job. Well, thank goodness for podcasting. Though, thank right? goodness <laughs> for podcasting. <laughs> and I know I kind of went serious there, but I'm really excited to see where the next three, four years develops for you, both you, or if it just ends up staying with you. You know, I, I uh, I'm excited for you. So. Well, then thank you. And I mean, I you know, I don't know where it might lead me. Yeah. I mean, maybe, uh, you know, when I started I Am Salt Lake, I, I was like, okay, this is a great learning experience. Maybe I'll do another podcast. Maybe I'll do five more podcasts. I don't know. But I figured it was a great way to learn how to do it, be able to do some in-person interviews versus a lot of podcasts will do Skype interviews, which I don't have any problem with that. But I wanted to do in-person ones. So I figured I can learn a lot that way. And who knows? Maybe I'll end up doing um, something that will be able to be recognized on a much more uh, uh, national level. You know, it'd be nice to see in the NPR mix. So, <laughs> well, thank you. I, that, it, it would be a dream of mine. There's only so much that Ira Glass can still do for that damn network. So, <laughs> you know, awesome. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Chris. You bet.